Welcome back to Change Ed. I am your host, Andrew Kuhn, education consultant from Montgomery County Intermediate Unit 23. And here with me is... Do I get a title at any point? I feel like I'm just always here with you. Can I be like a co-host? That is your or... title. No, here with Here me with you? Is the okay. title. <laughs> I'm going to keep... Everyone's favorite co-host. There we go. Just going to keep advocating for myself. Someday you'll be nice. Uh, my name is Patrice Semichek, also out of the Montgomery County Intermediate Unit, educational consultant. Yep, that's my job. <laughs> Every time. Great to have you here. Every time. Every time, Patrice. Someday I'll remember. We are so lucky to have back with us one of our favorite guests, (laughs) Ken Zimmerman from Lancaster, Lebanon, Intermediate Unit 13. Yeah, we got it. All All the words. Nailed it. Ken, it's great to have you back. Thank Thank you for coming back on the show. My pleasure. It's great to be back. It's good to see you all again. Thank you. Thank you. I have a question for you. This okay. is a uh, Lancaster, Lebanon, IU 13, Zimmerman favorite question, which is... <laughs> Here we uh, go. Who is your favorite host of this show? Don't don't feel like you have to answer that. Oh, my goodness. Andrew's well, just going for a quick grab. Is that here. what it is? Well, yeah. I'll tell you, all three of you are fantastic. Oh, Thanks. That. Well played, sir. All Thank three of us. That. Too bad Tony's not here to hear that. Yeah. That's right. In his absence, he's still fantastic. <laughs> I've never heard that about myself. So thank you. That's <laughs> because amazing. I wasn't there to hear it. There you go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so you know what? I'm going to think that people are saying that about me behind closed doors. They are. Yeah. Absolutely. They are. <laughs> you don't need to feed his ego anymore. He's. It's going to be hard enough to get his head through the door. Well, Ken, we had such a great time with you uh, the last time that you were on the show, and, and we wanted to have you back so I could ask you more questions. All right. And uh, maybe we'll get to two this time. <laughs> maybe we'll get to two. <laughs> Hearing your story as to why you got into education, I think, was extremely, it was passion driven, but also it was inspiring. And I think also, uh, the one the one thing that we heard a lot of was that it resonated with other people, right? Mm-hmm. That, that it, uh, unfortunately, uh, you weren't the only one that had this experience where you know you were told maybe you wouldn't be able to do something, and uh, it, I think it really speaks to the power that we have as educators that our words are are meaningful and they're powerful to our students, yeah. even our you know off to the side conversation that everything that right. we do that we are models for them in their life and mm-hmm. the way that they think and the way that they see themselves and, and their potential and they're listening a whole lot more sometimes than we think they are yeah. and they're watching yeah. even closer than they're listening mm. yeah that's so true yeah. sure yeah I, I appreciate that as well you know one of the things that we didn't get to ask you that we're we're wondering and curious about is what, what are you currently excited about that you maybe a project you have going on or something that you see happening in education that, you know, fuels that flame for you that gets you excited? Absolutely. So when you ask me that, the first thing that comes to mind is student centered learning. And I keep coming back to that because when I first started in helping do trainings for teachers of student centered learning environments, it was all about station rotation. And we learned very quickly and early on that station rotation is truly a stepping stone toward creating a more personalized learning environment Mm. because we're really focused on one size doesn't fit all. We realize that if we're telling everybody something at any given point in time, a third of them have no idea what we're talking about or they're not listening to us or their minds are wandering off on something else. And we need to really chunk that out and divide that group up into much smaller segments. And so our journey back started in 2011 with station rotation and supporting districts utilizing station rotation. And even though it seems so simple, 
for the idea of flexible groups, three different groups, one direct, one independent, one collaborative. The challenge is for a teacher who's used to being the one to disseminate all the information to letting go and letting students uh, learn new information from another source other than the teacher Mm. who's in charge Mm -hmm. of all that information can be a huge challenge, as well as how do I create a real authentic task for a project based type of collaborative work that the students can do without me in the midst of the whole process so that that can really enrich and even deepen their learning a lot more. How can they go at an independent pace different than other students at the same time? And then how can I differentiate what I'm doing in all three of those stations? And so as I've seen this journey continually grow, we've worked through Langs- at Langston Lebanon IU 13. We've trained hundreds of teachers in our region, across the state, other IUs, other professional developers to be able to implement some forms of station rotation. And at that point, we didn't realize that we were going to be moving toward a more personalized learning approach. Mm-hmm. But we learned that as teachers were getting used to all kinds of different things happening in their classroom where students are on different pacings and different projects at different times and they're demonstrating mastery in a way that they've not had to demonstrate mastery before and they're not all taking the same test at mm-hmm. the same time to demonstrate that mastery, that they were ready for more. They said, what's next? What else can I do to become more of an individualized to be really um, differentiate for each student that's in my classroom? And then they were like, what can I do next after that? Because they were so thrilled with the progress that they're seeing in the classroom that they wanted to grow. So it was so cool through the years back from 2011. And here we are in 2024 Mm -hmm. and we're still supporting districts and teachers and cohorts in this model because they realize that is a stepping stone to be able to get them toward creating more and more student-centered learning environments for their classrooms. That's really interesting. I've been doing a lot of work. Um, Part of my job at the IU has been focused in the world of math. Mm -hmm. So I'm working specifically with districts on guided math. Sure. And we did a lot of guided reading before when I was working in the reading world and all that. But guided math for teachers, I work with elementary teachers. So with Mm -hmm. elementary teachers has been harder to grasp than guided reading. Have you found that to be similar to what you're finding or is it just um, something that I'm running into? You know, it's, it's perplexing through the years because no matter no matter the level no matter the content there's always teachers that I've heard say oh that can't work in my classroom yeah that would never work yeah and so there are some that think oh well this might be a more elementary model and it's different than centers yeah it's it's more targeted a more differentiated approach uh, to learning than just centers based learning mm-hmm. and so sometimes secondary teachers are like oh you know there's no way that I could let my students do different things at different times they all need to stay with me and I need to make sure we're all pacing at the same time because it's going to go too wild if not I always say hey I want you to come see your elementary colleagues I want you to come into a kindergarten classroom and see that even kindergartners can work independently yeah. and this is how the kindergarten teacher manages it whereas when elementary teachers say, I don't know, you know, I I don't know that, especially in math, am I going to get through enough content? Am I going to make sure it's covered? Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm always like, are are you, are you covering it? Are you teaching it? And are you sure that you're covering it and teaching it the normal way? Just because you're covering it. Yeah. Right. Although we use that term, right. Yeah. yeah. You know, we want to make sure that we're going through our pacing guides and everything that we have, but ultimately we want kids to learn. And if we don't motivate them, 
to learn, if we don't excite them to learn, if we don't trigger something within them to pay attention, we're not reaching them all. And so where are those triggers? Where are those ways to be able to try to figure out how I can get their attention? So what are some things, and now I'm being completely selfish because I'm doing this work too, and I want to hear what you have to say, but um, what are some ways or things you say to teachers to get them to take the first step into Mm -hmm. even setting up the station rotations or figuring out just three different groups as opposed to completely individualized instruction. Right, right. Yeah, that's why I say don't go. Sometimes when teachers hear about personalized learning, they're like, oh, my gosh, everybody wants something different at the same time. How am I going to do this? Yeah, That's way too far of a jump. Overwhelming. Right? Like Mm -hmm. we want to be able to have a nice progression of how we can step into this. And that's why I think when you do the baseline of station rotation where you can divide up into three groups, Mm -hmm. one direct, one independent, one club, call them whatever you want. Be unique with whatever you want. Don't even have to call it a thing. But this is the way we learn in this classroom so that you give the modalities. You're focused on a modality of of working with you as the teacher, the modality of working independently and the modality of working with your peers and collaboratively as just the starting point. Don't even figure out how to differentiate yet in independent and collaborative. Figure out as you're regrouping students how you're differentiating in direct Mm -hmm. as the first initial way because teachers feel very confident in a direct instruction type scenario even if they're sitting down and having a changing it from the lecture to the conversation from the lecture to the dialogue they need to be having but we've also often times found that that's the entry point that you can easily more so easily wrap your head around how can I start with this before I start growing into other areas and other modalities yeah so making one small change absolutely yep and even if they're saying I'm not even ready for that Okay, then how about a choice board just simply to give students different ways to demonstrate mastery? Just that, because that alone can be a really huge thing for some teachers to be able to do. What do you mean? They don't all take the test? No, they don't all take the test. There's another way they can demonstrate mastery because everything they've memorized to take that test, do they remember it next week at 10 o'clock? Sure don't. We try, but they memorize for a test. So what if they do some project work around it that it's meaningful to them and then all of a sudden that's immersive learning and I now learned it because I had it I was invested in it and your recollection of that information will be very different as well right? absolutely like, get into what did I do right. there it is right, right. that's how we yep. folks it's not easy it, it, it's hard the job of a teacher is a tremendously difficult a scenario it's it's hard work yeah. and to be expected to fully differentiate for all those 30 bodies in your classroom no matter if they're small or big is a huge undertaking. So why not figure out a system or a model or an approach to be able to take in order to be able to start taking that stepping stone into creating a student-centered learning environment? One of the things I think is so fascinating about everything you're sharing is this idea that it starts with a step. It starts with taking a step and that we shouldn't expect ourselves as professionals, as people who are committed to education, nor our students to know everything before you take that step. Right. You have to take a take a step in faith right. and say, I'm gonna give this a shot. And also Or nor you even knowing everything you're going to do to take that step. We try to be so confident that we weren't gonna do it until we know exactly how it's gonna work. Let go of that. It's right. okay mm-hmm. to try and take a risk and see what works. Well, and and with that, our, our style for the podcast is that we have 
questions that we share and mm -hmm. we're like, here's what we'd like to talk about. Here's what we'd like to do, you know, and the concept that we're trying to get at, but then in the podcast itself is being very present, right? So these are, these are, well, I only get to ever ask you one question per session, but, <laughs> <laughs> but when, 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 there are other people I ask more questions too. That's okay. Um, it's my fault. I talk too much. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no. You know, it's it's all about being present in the moment and being able to Absolutely. You know, just having a real dialogue right. and a conversation. But the the point is that if we said, here are all the questions we want to ask, please answer them, right? That's mm -hmm. kind of that standardized form. Right. We wouldn't get to the good stuff, which, you know, makes us who we are, what we believe. Thomas Kuhn talks a lot mm -hmm. about a paradigm shift mm -hmm. and how you make that shift. And uh, from my perspective, that, you know, making a one degree difference now 15 years from now could be a 35, 45, 50 degree difference Absolutely, for you yep. because you get onto that path and you can see more and more and ways to support it. And something that makes it better for, you yeah. know, what you're trying to accomplish actually improves your profession overall. Right. And, and, and you can find yourself becoming a very different educator by will, being willing to take that first step. Absolutely. It's like that 1%. Take just one more percent. Just go one more percent. Try something new. Try it and then add on to it as you learn and you become comfortable. Yeah. I tell mm -hmm. teachers I work with a lot, you can only change up to 10% of your practice in a year for it to be yeah, sustainable. Absolutely. And 10% still a lot. It is. That's so, a big chunk, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Make one change. I like that. Well, Ken, uh, surprisingly, not surprisingly, we're uh, we're out of time. So I wanted to give you a, a final thought. And in fairness, okay. I will then take the final, final thought. There I'm it always is. Accused. Okay, Every final time. thought and final, final There's thought. There's no accusation. Okay. He just said I was accused. There's no accusation. Yeah, he does not let anyone end the podcast. You can't phone a friend after you've given your final thought. Okay, so done. final thought that's it. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, do you have a final? No pressure. Wrap it up. For me, based off of who this audience might be, as educators out there, again, you have a very hard job, but you are one of the, the job that you have is one of the most esteemed professions that you can possibly have. You're making a direct impact on our future as a country and our future of civility of our of, of the human race. And I think that um, you should be honored. You should be cherished for the work that you do. And we recognize it's challenging and it can be hard, but we so desperately need you to keep speaking into students' lives so that we can all together help change the future. Wow. I don't think you need to talk. Me to make that final final thought. That really was really hard. good. But I want to, what I want to add to you, the thing I was thinking the entire time you, you were talking was that when it comes to these changes, when it comes to things that we're going to embrace, when it comes to things that we're considering or looking at, look at the step in front of you, not at the entire staircase. Yes. And I have to give credit to, uh, I, I, I'm an adjunct professor and one of my students said that last night is one of their, their like quotes that they live by is mm -hmm. look at the step in front of you, not the entire stage stairs. advice. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you've definitely reinforced that. Again, thank you for coming on and, and sure. sharing this. Thanks and for having me. You are always, always welcome. Always welcome. You thank always you. have a seat here. So thank you, sir. 